Are there going to be churches that are predominantly black, predominantly white, predominantly Korean? Yes, there, there are churches that are that way. And they should match their Walmart too. But if our church here at Life matches our community, it's going to look kind of like Walmart. When you walk into Walmart, you should see people that look like us. I'm thankful for leadership that is very intentional uh, and that leadership actually influences us as the members of this church through Pastor and Sister C. We want to continue to lift up our leaders. Let's go before the Lord in prayer one more time, lifting up our pastor. How many are, are grateful that we have a Bible teaching pastor that also lives the life and preaches uh, what he believes? Let's go ahead and lift up God one more time. We thank you, Lord, for our pastor. Your word says how beautiful are the feet of those that bring the gospel of peace. We thank you, Lord God, for the peace that, and the love that we feel here in life under the leadership of the under-shepherd, Pastor Tommy Crutchfield and Sister Crutchfield, oh God. Bless them. Go out before them. Heal them, oh Lord God. Oh God, we need a Holy Ghost connection in their lives right now, Lord. Begin to touch them right where they are, oh Lord Jesus. Touch their minds, their hearts, their bodies, Lord God. Touch them physically, mentally, emotionally, Lord Jesus. We know that you're able, oh God, to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask and think. Oh God, and you said if we ask that you would answer, oh Lord God. And we ask right now that you begin to bless our leadership. Bless them, oh God. Bless them abundantly. Bless their family, oh Lord Jesus. Bless their children. Bless their grandchild. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. In Jesus' name. In a few minutes our speaker is going to come. Before that, we want to ask our children to be dismissed to Children's Church. We also have uh, Welcome to Life, Firm Foundation uh, going on in uh, Pastor's Office. So for those that are involved in uh, Firm Foundation, uh, that's going on in Pastor's Office currently. We're going to ask our speaker to come tonight. He is a man of the word continuously in study, friend of mine, and at times calls to, we talk about food sometimes, but then again we talk about the, the food that's in the bread of life, <laughs> that's what, within the word. We're going to ask Reverend Fowler to come, preach the word of God to us, give us what God gave you, and we won't hesitate to hear it and apply it in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brother Parks, could you grab me a water? Yes, sir. Okay. Maybe Amen. You can all be seated. I'm not. I'm not going to open with the scripture tonight. I do want to. I would be remiss if I did not give honor to Pastor and First Lady in their absence. Amen. Love them. Give honor to my wife tonight, my daughter Abigail. Love her so much. Amen. So good to see each and every one of you. Brother Ian, just, I'll, did that work? Did, my, did you get my, yeah. okay. I'll tell you when to put this, the first slide up. Okay. At 12.55 p.m., the Mayday call crackled through the speakers 
at the flight service station on Alaska's Kenai Peninsula. The desperate pilot of a Piper A-22, a, a small single-engine plane, was reporting that he had run out of fuel and was preparing to ditch the aircraft in the waters of Cook Inlet. On board were four people, two adults, and two young girls, ages 11 and 12. They had departed two hours earlier from Allsworth, a small community on the south lake, on the, on the south shore of Lake Clark, bound for Soldotna. A distance of about 150 miles. Under normal conditions, it would have been a routine flight. However, the combination of fierce headwinds and a failure to top off the fuel tank created a lethal situation. Upon hearing the plane's tail number, the air traffic controller realized that his own daughter was one of the young passengers aboard the plane. In desperation himself, he did everything possible to assist the pilot, but suddenly the transmission was cut off. The plane had crashed into the icy waters. Four helicopters operating nearby began searching the area within minutes of the emergency call, but they found no evidence of the plane and no survivors. The aircraft had been traveling without water survival gear, leaving its four passengers with even less of a chance to make it through the ordeal. Fiercely cold Cook Inlet with its unpredictable glacial currents is considered among the most dangerous waters in the world. It can claim a life in minutes, and that day it claimed four. For reasons we will never know, the pilot of that doomed aircraft chose not to use the resources that were at his disposal. He did not have enough fuel. He did not have the proper survival equipment. Perhaps had he taken the time to get the day's weather report. Whatever the case, he did not use the resources that were available. And in this instance, the consequences were fatal. Brother Ian, you can put that, that first slide up. Amen. For the next few minutes, with the help of the Lord, I want to preach desperate times call for desperate measures. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Many times, desperation will cause people to react differently. The air traffic controller, when, realize, when realizing who it was, felt an even greater sense of urgency to get the plane down safely. Some people can sense the urgency in every situation and others are not able to do so. Many times there is a sense of urgency right before the impending doom or tragedy that awaits us. The pilot did not act desperate to succeed before the flight and as a result the flight ended and tragic. There are times in life when we are faced with circumstances and struggles. Some people choose to live with the situations and the cards that life has dealt them. Other people have a determination and they have a grit about them. And they make the decision that no matter what, they are going to rise above the situation that has plagued their lives. There may have been a different outcome on that fateful day had the pilot been a little more desperate to make the flight 
a successful one. If the pilot would have known on that day when he got up that his plane was going to crash, he would have been just a little bit more proactive. If he would have known that the plane was going to go down and there would have been an, a way to avert disaster, surely he would have done it. If there would have been a way that a father could somehow stop the hands of time or somehow through supernatural means intervene in the situation and bring salvation to his daughter, he would have done it. I ask you tonight, how much more should we as Christians be mindful of who it is that we serve? The one who spoke the worlds into existence. The one who formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. The one who created the animals. The one who hung the stars in the heavens. I submit to you tonight that our God can do anything. Leviticus chapter 15, verse 25. And if a woman have an issue of blood, have an issue of her blood many days of the time of her separation, or if it run beyond the time of her separation, all the days of the issue of her uncleanness shall be as the days of her separation. She shall be unclean. Just to give a little bit of context, the book of Leviticus is in which the book of Le Leviticus was written. The book of Leviticus is the book of the law. It's, it's written, it was written for both the priests and the people. But the, the Levites were, were one of the twelve tribes of Israel. And they were the ones that the priesthood, all the priests down through time would come out of the, that, that tribe or that lineage. But the basic meaning of the scripture is this, if a woman has an issue of blood that's lasted for a prolonged period of time, then according to the Levitical law, she was unclean and must therefore be put out from society and isolated from everything, and pretty much everything that she came in contact with would be unclean. Mark chapter 5. Verse 25, and I'm going to read through 34. And I know Pastor talked about this on Sunday, but I couldn't get away from this thought. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing better, but rather grew worse. Verse 27, when she had heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. For straightway, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. Verse 30, And Jesus immediately knowing that virtue, that virtue had gone out of him, turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitudes thronging thee, and thou say, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And he looked 
round about to see her that had done this thing. Verse 33, but the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Verse 34, and he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Every time I read this story, my heart goes out to this woman. She has, she's had this condition. She's, she's been bleeding for 12 years. Was the subject of many physicians' treatments and cures for her disease. But nothing made her better. But instead, she only grew worse under the care of the physicians. She was a social outcast because of the fact that she was deemed unclean. Anything that she came in contact with would have been taboo. I cannot imagine the stares, the whispers she must have seen for all those years. The people who would have avoided, who would avoid her totally and walk down the other side of the street. She didn't, she likely, she didn't have any type of life because of this illness. If she had a husband, he was probably unclean or she may have even been divorced or separated because he would have been unclean too. I cannot imagine what it would be like to be an outcast for so many years, to have little or no contact with other human beings, but just to be a loner. This woman had reached the proverbial end of her rope and had decided to try Jesus. The reality was that the woman was at a place in her life that she didn't care what others thought. Their opinions did not matter. In that moment, the only thing that she was concerned with was getting to Jesus. I submit to you tonight that if you're worried what others think, I want to save you the time. I want to save you the trouble. You probably shouldn't even bother. But if you're desperate for a touch from the Master, if you're desperate for your situation to be changed, then tonight might be your night for a breakthrough. If you come here tonight with a need and you feel like there's no other place that you can turn to, maybe it's time to try Jesus. Maybe you come tonight for a show. Brother Parks, it's not a bad show for a buck. But I want to challenge you in here tonight. If you've tried everything and nothing has seemed to work, why don't you give Jesus a try? I submit to you tonight, what do you have to lose? No doubt the fame and popularity of Jesus has ma had made its way to this woman. Jesus had just returned from casting the devils out of the man at the Gadarenes. In addition to this, there were multiple other miracles that were done in this region when Jesus came through. Something happened over the course of time when this lady began to hear about a man called Jesus and the miracles that he had performed. I've come to tell somebody tonight that Jesus can fix it. If you've reached the end of your rope and you've exhausted all other avenues, why don't you try Jesus? Desperate times call for desperate measures. 
When this woman found Jesus, and she let her faith reach out along with her hand that day, that is what brought total healing to her body. Her faith in Jesus was really the power behind the touch. When faith comes in contact with the Master, there's going to be virtue. Virtue means power. Pastor talked about it Sunday. But when you touch Him, there's a transfer. There's something. There's, a, there's an exit of power from Him and a transfer of power to you. But if you can allow your faith tonight to reach out to Jesus, whatever has been plaguing you will be gone in the name of Jesus. One advantage that we have over the woman in the Bible, we have the multiple recorded miracles and the accounts of the people who were miraculously healed. When we reach a point in our lives when we can get past what society thinks, then that's the place where God can begin to minister and work miracles in our lives. The woman knew that she wasn't supposed to be there. That's why the Bible says fearing what was done in her. She thought that there would be backlash, but instead there was love and compassion. So many times there are Christians that are nervous, they're standoffish when it comes to bringing our petitions and our needs before the Lord. But the Bible is very clear. In fact, the Bible says, come boldly to the throne of grace. My pastor in West Virginia, I, I haven't preached this message in some time. I, the last time I preached this message was over 10 years ago. But he said something in a message that he had preached. And it stuck with me. But it, he said, God views us and our needs from a vantage point of unlimited resources and power. For God to heal is nothing because He's the one who made our bodies. There's no shortness of power on His part. It's not a bother to the Master, master to ask what you have need of. God's arm is not short then He can't answer and heal. Mark chapter 10 Verse 46. And they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. Verse 47. And when he had heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. He began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy upon me. Verse 48. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but when he cried, but he cried more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, be of good comfort, he calleth. Rise, he calleth thee. Verse 50. And he casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. 
And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Verse 52. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Society told blind Bartimaeus to be quiet. They told him to hold his peace. Had he listened to the people around him, he would have never received his sight. Don't worry. Don't listen to the voice of the world. Rather, follow the leading of the Spirit. The world says you're defeated, but God says you're more than a conqueror. The world says throw in the towel. God says pick, up, pick yourself up and go another round. The world says there's no cure, but God says I have all power in heaven and in earth. Don't wait to cry out to the Lord. Cry out now for the deliverance and your victory. God will only come so far to heal us. There are some steps that we will have to take if we want our healing, if we want our deliverance from the Lord. When Bartimaeus got the attention of Jesus, Jesus asked him, What will thou that I should do unto thee? Jesus is asking the same question in here tonight to men and women all over this house. He sent me with a word of healing, a word of deliverance, that no matter what you're facing, He can heal and deliver you. John chapter 14, verses 13 and 14. And whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. Ask the Lord what you have need of. It seems to me that people in life who tend to make the most noise, the most create the most ruckus or issue, if you will, seem to be the ones that get results. I submit to you tonight it's the same way with God. Sometimes you have to show God that you mean business. That no matter what, you are willing to get what you have need of. One thing you need to understand is that God is not going to make you do something crazy. But being desperate is something that is decided inside of you. I'm reminded of the story of Naaman. The story can be found in 2 Kings chapter 5. And I love the story. Naaman was a captain in the Syrian army. The Bible says that Naaman was a great man. And the Lord wrought, had wrought many victories through his hands for the Syrians. Naaman, however, was a leper. During their conquest, they had taken a young maid captive from the land of Israel and made her a servant to Naaman's wife. The young maid began to tell Naaman's wife about a prophet in Samaria that could heal Naaman. Eventually, Naaman makes his way to where the prophet Elisha lived. And instead of Elisha going out to meet him personally, he sends his servant out to meet Naaman and tells his servant to have Naaman go and dip seven times to the river Jordan. Naaman becomes angry 
Because Jordan is a dirty river. Doesn't even have the decency to come out and meet me. Does he not know who I am? I'm a man of great importance. His servants were able to reason with him and convince him. Do what the man of God said. So he did what the prophet told him. He went and he dipped seven times. And the Bible says that he was healed of his disease. In fact, we find if we read the scriptures that he was the only one in the Old Testament to ever be healed of that disease. Now that may seem like a little much for some of us in here to go and dip seven times in a filthy, nasty river. But nevertheless, that was what the prophet had him to do. It may have seemed drastic, but when you've had to endure something for so long, eventually you reach a point where you'll do anything to get relief. Desperate times call for desperate measures. How far are you willing to go tonight? You might say, Preacher, you're just trying to get a rise out of me. You're just trying to get me all worked up and all whatever. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am, I am. Because I know that there's power in the name of Jesus. I know that there's power in the God that we serve. I know that He is able to do Whatever we think, whatever we can ask or think, the Bible says that He's able to do. Amen. You can all stand. Brother Steve, if you've got some music, you can cut that on. I'm just about done. There's a story in the New Testament it's recorded in the second chapter of the book of Mark when talks about when Jesus was come into Capernaum and there was I love how the Bible puts it I'm not going to I didn't put the, I didn't give him the scriptures but I love how the Bible words it. it says when it was noise it was noise that Jesus was in the house Jesus and many people had gathered themselves together and the Bible says and that Jesus was preaching the word unto them and when several men came and they had, a, they had with them a friend on a bed who had palsy. And I've, I've mentioned it before but there's a, there's a TV show called The Chosen and if you've not seen it, it's, it's very good. It, it very accurately depicts the disciples and the things that they've seen. But I love, I, when I read the scriptures, it kind of plays in my mind like a movie. So I kind of relate to that. So, but the Bible says that when he was preaching that these men came and there was so many people that they couldn't get into the house and that the man, he was stricken with palsy. And palsy is simply something that is accompanied by involuntary shakes and tremors and paralysis. So he was on a bed. So they took the man, they go to the roof, and they begin to tear the roof off. And they begin to, so they, they tear the roof off so that they can find Jesus. So they find Jesus and they begin to lower their friend to get into 
where Jesus was at. Jesus was astounded at their faith. And the man, he healed the man right there. What desperation on the part. If we can just get our friend before the master, he can be made whole. God baptize us tonight with childlike faith. The amazing thing about the story, about the story is the Bible said that the power of the Lord was present to heal them all. I don't read where anybody else was healed that day. Desperate times call for desperate measures. If you're here tonight and you've been plagued by disease, by sickness, something has been troubling your spirit, there's ministers here that they can pray for you. They can, they can anoint you with oil. They can, they can call the name of Jesus over you. If tonight you're somehow, you've been discouraged with your walk with God, tonight is the night to get it right. Tonight is the night for reconciliation. Someone mentioned a pre-service prayer to pray for the nation of Israel. If you've not been watching the news, you better get right. Get right, church. The Lord is coming very, very soon. Things are shaping up for His coming. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14. Or, I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse yes, 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heaven. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Verse 15, for we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. The altar's open. We've got a few minutes before we have to transition. If you're here tonight and you need something from God, now is your time. Now is your moment. Jesus is in the house. The Master is here. God, right now. God, I pray that you would break every barrier. God, that you would break every wall. God, tear down the walls, God, in this house tonight. God, let there be, let there be great faith in this house tonight, I pray. God, that we would understand and know, God, that with you, God, all things are possible. Lord, there is nothing, God, that's too hard for you tonight. Help us, God, to make ourselves ready. God, for your coming is so very soon. God, help us to have our baskets full, God, and our lamps full of oil tonight. God, for your coming, God, you could come tonight, God, before we lay our heads down. God, you could come, God, before we wake up in the morning. God, help us to make ourselves ready. Oh, God, if there's someone in here tonight, God has come with sickness, with disease. Oh, God, I speak the word of faith right now. God, let the power of the name of Jesus, God, let your spirit fall. God, let your spirit move. God, let your angels, God, be at work in this place. God, let your healing virtue, God, flow from the front to the back. God, your presence.
God, break the shackles. Break the shackles, God, that are holding us. God, release us tonight. Release us tonight, God, that we can we can worship you, God, with a greater, with a greater, with a greater anointing. God, help us to go deeper tonight. God, the deep call is to the deep tonight. God, we feel your presence. God, we know, God, that your healing virtue, God, is flowing in this house tonight. Lord, let your spirit touch. Let your spirit minister, God, tonight. God, I know it's just Tuesday night. God, but whether it's Sunday or whether it's Tuesday, God, your power remains the same. Oh, God, your power is not diluted because there's not as many people tonight as there are on a Sunday night. God, but we understand, God, that where two or three are gathered, and in your name, God, there's power. There's anointing. God, there's a, there's a, there's a breakthrough. God, there's a, there, your spirit is present. God, to move and to minister. God, to break the shackles. God, to break the yoke of bondage in this house tonight. In the name of Jesus, God, let there be conviction in this house. God, if there's backsliders, if there's sinners in this room tonight, God, you know their hearts. If there's someone in this house tonight that you've grown cold, I pray tonight, God, that they would find their place. God, that they would find a place, whether it's at this altar, God, or it's at their chair. God, let them find an altar. God, help us to build our own altar, God, because we know, God, that if you build our altar, God, a lot of times it's not pleasant. Oh, Jesus. 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 Let your spirit, God, let the gifts of the spirit operate in this house. God, let the gift of faith operate. In the name of Jesus. There's a deep stirring of the spirit in here tonight. Reach out. Don't let this moment pass you by. Shut up. 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 Shut up.
Come on, don't leave this house until you've been changed. The woman knew when something, when virtue had touched her. She knew that something had changed within her body. Come on, when you touch Jesus, it's impossible for you to stay the same.
something in life, there's a certain amount of desperation. What will you do? How will you reach out to the Lord? There's one place where the Lord made a mud spitball and put it on the man's eyes. Are you willing to have a spitball put on your eyes? You willing to dip off into a nasty river? Are you willing to crawl across, scraping up your knees to be able to get to Jesus? If you're not willing, you must not have had desperate times. Amen. Because if something, a desperate time comes in your life, then that calls for a desperate measure. You're willing to do whatever it takes to get to Jesus. And this message is a reminder that there are desperate times, and we're living in desperate times. Not only what we hear in the news and what's going on in Israel, but right here in the city of Hinesville and the, the things that are going on in our society, in our communities, in our neighborhoods, even in our churches, these are desperate times, and it calls for the church to to have some desperate measures in order to get into the presence of an almighty God who's able, able to do exceeding abundant above all that we could ask or think. But the word tells us as he shared, all we have to do is just ask and he'll provide for us what we need. You need healing. You need deliverance. You need salvation. Desperate times call for desperate measures. Don't allow this to be an opportunity that you miss. If you're in the building tonight and you need something from God, this message has been brought forth to remind you we serve an almighty God and he's able to meet your needs. It says when, he, when she touched him, virtue flowed from him. Power flowed out of him. And the, the preacher on tonight, Reverend Father, let us know when that power flowed from Jesus, it was transferred to her. And in that instant, what the physicians couldn't do for many years, she received her healing. You can receive your healing tonight. You can receive your deliverance tonight. You can receive salvation tonight. You don't have to leave here the same way you came, but if you came with something, it doesn't have to be on you to leave here with it. You can leave it right here because you're desperate. Amen. What a word from the Lord. We appreciate Reverend Fowler for bringing that word to us tonight. We definitely want to prepare to transition this service. We are going to uh, move into tithe and offering at this time. And then uh, we're going to take some time and move into, while I got all of you here, I think this is the greatest time for us to go ahead and prepare for our All Nations meeting. We need volunteers. We need people to be involved. And, and uh, none of you have left yet and walked out the door. So this is a great time to, to just move right into our All Nations meeting after the tithe and offering. If you would, stand with me. We're going to go before the Lord in prayer. We want to continue to keep this church life up before the Lord in prayer, meeting all the ministries that this church meets. We're talking over 40-something ways that we reach out into the community. We have the leadership here. We want to continue to keep our leadership up before the Lord in prayer, our members, all of our visitors. 
We want to keep our pastor and our first lady before the Lord in prayer. As we go before the Lord and ask his blessings over this offering tonight, let's continue to keep Life Church and our pastor and our leadership before the Lord in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much because you are the God over all. Lord, as we heard this message on tonight, our ears were open. Oh God, to the times that we're living in. Oh God, we haven't been any closer. I was having this conversation today, Lord, that if you don't believe that the end is near, you can at least believe that you're closer to the end than where we have been. And Lord, for that, we must prepare ourselves. Prepare this body, oh Lord God, because you are the head and we're following, oh Lord God, you're ever leading. Oh God, bless this uh, offering and the tithe tonight, Lord, that it would grow in abundance for blessings, oh God, of the ministries that are within this local body. But it would not stop there, that it will reach out into the community and meet all of our needs, oh God. Oh God, and let there be souls that are saved, oh Lord. Oh God, in accordance, Lord, with your word. Oh God, and we won't cease to give you praise and honor and glory as you bless these that give tonight. We ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. As you come, come give in the offering. We're going to transition. We're going to move into our All Nations meeting. We're going to give about five minutes for our uh, other groups to uh, break and to come into the sanctuary so that we can continue with the All Nations meeting.